0: Welcome everybody to the Steve Jordan Experience. It's a pleasure to have you here with me today. And if this is your first time listening, thank you for listening and tuning in. I'm excited to have you here listening because I've got an awesome guest for you today. This guest is someone who is really just taking you know, the world of, the, of cancer and fighting cancer and has taken science that has been around for decades and has impacted hundreds, if not thousands of people in natural ways of curing and beating cancer. We've all, I think one or two degrees of separation have dealt with somebody, maybe even personally with someone with cancer. It is something that is just pervasive in our society, not just here in America, but worldwide. And uh, Doctor Vicky here is a Vickers is a holistic chiropractor doctor. He has a clinic in Rosarita, Mexico, where he and his team work with nutrition and other types of ways to to fight cancer. Where people come in sometimes first treatments, the first line of defense before chemotherapy or any other ways, and they successfully do it with a lot of different modalities that they practice there. I'm excited to have him on here to talk about Doctor Gerson's method of science and Doctor Gerson's therapy, and I want to know a little bit. More more about it. I just kind of touched on the surface, but he is somebody who for, I think it was back in the 60s, if I'm not correct, created a program kind of dissecting the the science of cancer and disease down to, you know, some simple biochemistry. And here, Dr. Vickers tell us about it and tell us more about the kind of work that he's doing. So thanks for being here, Dr. Vickers. Excited to talk to you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Steve. Appreciate it.
0: So tell us about your background. You went to chiropractic school. You know, you you had something going on for I think, but Just tell us about you. Tell us a little bit about how you got into this area of expertise.
1: Yeah, you know, ever since I was 11 years old, I wanted to be a chiropractor. A friend of our family's was a chiropractor, and they were staying at our home for the weekend when their five-year-old boy was sleeping with me in my room one night. And he woke up at like three in the morning with a cough. that wouldn't stop. And so finally, his father heard him after like 20 minutes, came upstairs, lied him on the end of my bed. Now, again, I'm 11 years old, lies his kid down on the end of my bed, adjusts his neck both ways. And the boy stopped coughing immediately and didn't cough the rest of the night. And I said, that's what I'm going to do for a living. So here I am a year away from graduating chiropractic school when the woman by the name of Charlotte Gerson comes and is invited to speak at New York Chiropractic College in upstate New York. I had a year left before I graduated. And when Charlotte Gerson, she was the last living daughter of Dr. Max Gerson. Now, who's Dr. Max Gerson? Well, Nobel Peace Prize winner Dr. Albert Schweitzer called Gerson the most eminent genius in medical history. And so Dr. Max Gerson, for all intents and purposes, was reversing virtually every single degenerative disease, most notably terminal cancer, between 1910 and 1959 when he died. And so Charlotte Gerson was his last living progeny. His uh, youngest daughter, and at the time she was probably 75, and she came and spoke at our school. When she opened her mouth and told us about her father's work, I, I mean, I said, That is what I'm gonna do. That was clearly the higher calling. You know, as a chiropractor, you understand what the human body is capable of in terms of being able to heal, but never in my wildest imagination did I think it was able to heal. All the things that Dr. Gerson was able to do, you know, especially in regards to cancer, because even as a chiropractor, I thought chemo, radiation and surgery were essentially the only paths uh, that i had been taught in regards to reversing advanced terminal cancer. And that's clearly not the case. Dr. Gerson was reversing virtually every single disease, most notably terminal cancer. And he is to this day, he remains the greatest genius, you know, in medical history.
0: So you say terminal cancer can uh, it, it seems like a big umbrella. It, I mean any cancer, skin cancer can be terminal, uh, you know prostate cancer, what kind of cancer is any cancer?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, the only where, where we don't have great success are actually the blood cancers, and, and that's actually a misnomer. You know, leukemia, multiple myeloma, those really aren't cancers. Those are blood disorders. And we don't have great success with acute leukemia and perhaps multiple myeloma, though we have successfully treated multiple myeloma. It just doesn't respond like your tumoral cancers, right? But if you have a tumoral cancer, cancer is cancer is cancer. It doesn't matter if it's breast, prostate, whatever. It's the same. And so we have successfully reversed virtually every single degenerative disease and virtually every single cancer. I mean, that's, you know, that's what we're renowned for, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's breast, ovarian, prostate, doesn't matter. We've reversed it.
0: So what is most com- what is the most common cancer that people will have in and or that you treat or have treated so far to date?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I talk about this all the time at my clinic, reproductive cancers are going through the roof. Hmm. And that would mean breast, ovarian, uterine, cervical, prostate in men, testicular in men, they're going through the roof. Why? Simple. Estrogen. There's so much estro- so much estrogen in our environment today that it's just causing this, quote, lack, for lack of a better word, pandemic uh, as it relates to, to reproductive cancers. So, you know, breast, ovarian, prostate, across the board, those are the most common.
0: Yeah, I, I personally know four people uh, close friends uh, of mine girlfriends that have had <laughs> breast cancer and had, had yeah it's so common today yeah yeah I mean prior <laughs> to that I barely knew anybody not just I mean it was almost uncommon 40 years ago 50 that's years exactly ago. right yeah. yeah now it yeah. seems like one every 10 10 women has it I, I don't know what the
1: statistics are but I would say out of a hundred people that come to my clinic I'd say 30 percent of them are breast cancer Wow. maybe wow. even more I don't know
0: Okay. So let's, uh, let's talk about this clinic. Uh, it's in Rosary Mexico. Uh, you're American born.
1: Yeah. So I was born in Wisconsin. Yeah. Born Good. and raised essentially in Wisconsin, a little bit and of time in Florida. Uh, but yeah, you, the
0: clinic, why did you go to Mexico?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, you know, it's like preaching to the choir. Yeah. Why am I in Mexico? Because if I open this clinic in the United States, I go to jail and my clinic gets shut, gets shut down. It's that simple. Yeah. Uh, in Mexico, we, you know, you have freedom for the most part. Um, to to do whatever you want to do as it relates to medicine, and uh, that's why Tijuana, Rosarito, where we are, it is the world hub for natural clinics. You cross the border at San Diego, you've just come to the world region of natural treatment protocols. Uh, but you know, of those, I, I, and I'm biased, of course, that the Gerson therapy reigns supreme. And And so, you know, this is where I've been
0: to those I've been to those areas. I'm in Southern California and uh, gorgeous areas right on the coast, Baja, Mexico, we call it Baja, California, gorgeous surfing, great waves, great ocean, great food, good people, um, safe. You know, you people think Mexico is dangerous and sure there are some dangerous areas as there is just around the corner from uh, from me in L.A., you know, that's right. you go, to, just go around the block and there's, uh, you know, robberies and things going on, but uh, beautiful area. And I saw some of the pictures of your, of your clinic and really very well put together. Beautiful location, not a bad place yeah. to, to have treatment. Yeah. So it's beautiful. how long have you been there?
1: Yeah. yeah. 13 years going on 13 years now.
0: Awesome. And yeah. uh, tell us a little bit about the protocol and things that going on that you're, that you're doing there that you wouldn't be able to do here in America.
1: Yeah. So, you know, what we call our treatment protocol is the advanced person therapy, right? Gerson died in 1959 and anybody who knew who Dr. Gerson was knew he was the consummate scientist. He was constantly changing his therapy and trying to perfect it based on what was coming on, uh, coming out in the scientific literature of his time. Well, a lot's come out in the scientific literature of his time since 1959 that has shown and proven benefit to cancer patients and other diseases as well. You know, so we've taken Dr. Gerson's basic tenets and the work that he left behind in 1959. And we've just expounded on it by adding things that are clearly in the scientific literature for the benefit of a cancer patient. For example, oxygen therapies. We Mm -hmm. bombard the body with oxygen therapies in 1931, Otto Warburg won the Nobel prize in medicine for proving cancer viruses and bacteria can't survive in a body where the cells are properly oxygenated. Now he went on to theorize that the body's primary ability to oxygenate cells is an alkaline diet. And That's where the Gerson therapy reigns supreme is in its ability to restore the body's ability to oxygenate tissues. So you prepare the environment and then you hit the body with hyperbaric oxygen, ultraviolet blood irradiation with ozone, rectal ozone, uh, pulse electromagnetic frequency treatment, specifically the beamer mat, which they say uh, oxygenates tissues 35% greater than a chamber. So Those that's one of the things that we've you know integrated into the therapy. The science coming out now on GCMAF. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of GCMAF, but doctors have literally been killed over that. Dr. Bradstreet, who was bringing children out of catatonic autism, three or four treatments of GCMAF. Well, MAF stands for macrophage activating factor. Macrophages are the big cells in your body that eat, destroy viruses, bacteria, and cancer. Well, your body naturally produces GCMAF, and, but cancer has the ability to send out cell signals that destroy the body's capacity to make GCMAF to stimulate the macrophage production. Well, you can inject GCMAF into the body, and you can stimulate the immune system through the macrophage production. So, we're doing that. If you read Dr. Gerson's book before he died, he talked about Coley's therapy. Coley's therapy is injecting the bacterial toxins created by staph and strep bacteria. And that causes a fever response. And that fever response actually goes and starts to attack the tumor. You're boosting up the immune system. William Coley was a Harvard oncologist. And he discovered that when his patients came down with staph and strep infections, their cancers went away or got better. And so he started to inject his patients religiously with the bacterial toxins created by staph and strep bacteria. And he got the same results as if they were actually infected with a staph or strep infection. And he was actually able to achieve some permanent cures. So Gerson theorized if he could use colies while doing Gerson, He could get exponentially greater results, but he didn't do it because he died. And we're doing it. And we are seeing much greater responses to the tumoral, you know, activity than if we didn't do coles. So we're taking all these different things and we're compiling and expounding it on the basic Gerson therapy protocol. And I just can't imagine there's anything better than, than those two combinations together.
0: How did you learn to do this? I mean, other than knowing the science of it, like, did you just one day, you're like, all right, I'm going to go and open up this place. And, you know, you went by yourself, this, you know, this, this maverick and you recruit a couple people how, like who taught you and where did you, you know, kind of get into this whole? and now how do you teach others?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, you know, when Charlotte Gerson spoke in New York Chiropractic College, there were 300 people in that auditorium, not one to this day. Has carried on Dr. Gerson's work at all, and so I just developed this incredible love and passion for Dr. Gerson and his work. And recognizing that Charlotte actually invited me to come live at her home for two months back in 1997, 1998, uh, 1998, 1999, excuse me, and invited me to come live in her home where she had all her father's handwritten files between 1910 and 1959, and she invited me to come read and study those files. I'm one of only five people who've ever had the opportunity to do that. And so, that's how I learned to do this therapy. I was mentored, you know, by Charlotte Gerson. And I literally lived at the clinic for about six to 12 months right after graduating from chiropractic school. And and that's it. That's how I learned it. I learned it straight from the family, ultimately.
0: Awesome. So there's another clinic. So they have a Gerson Clinic in New York that's run by the family or was?
1: No. So Charlotte came and spoke at New York Chiropractic College. But ironically, Gerson did practice on Park Avenue in Manhattan when he was practicing before he died. But there are no Gerson Clinics in the United States that are practicing, you know, as of today and claiming to be a Gerson Clinic because they would get shut down and, you know, run out of the country. Right.
0: Why do you think that we are so resistant to this type of therapy if we're getting the if we're getting and, and i i mean i know your answer and, and, and i'm sure people listening are going to say of course it's the government they don't have their hands in it it's not pharmaceutical you know i mean that's an easy way to go but like if you're getting results and you're saving people and you're getting and there's science to back it and data there what is what, what's with it why are we not why are we so resistant
1: well it doesn't pay to cure cancer right i mean if you cure cancer ultimately yeah. look when they diagnose you in the United States, you're a million-dollar baby. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's reality. You are worth a million dollars to the pharmaceutical and medical industry at that point. The Gerson therapy can completely cure them for like $50,000 over, over two years. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't pay to cure cancer. But let's look at the logistics of this. In 1946, Gerson was actually called to testify before the United States Senate. The Pepper Neely anti-cancer bill had come to the floor of the United States Senate. And it was designed to appropriate $100 million in funding to anyone who could show promise in the realm of cancer research. Well, they got word that some guy in Manhattan was reversing advanced terminal cancer, and they invited him to come testify. So July 1st through the 3rd, 1946, Dr. Gerson testifies for the United States Senate. Senator Claude Pepper himself, who sponsored the bill, said Dr. Gerson dedicated his life to the mastery of this scourge of cancer and all should honor his great work. And so... Why haven't we heard of it? Dr. Gerson was whisked to the international press room where he was supposed to give an interview to the international press right after he testified. He sat in that room alone for two hours. They never showed up. The international press had been whisked away to another room and an impromptu party was thrown on their behalf. Why? Because Gerson wasn't just testifying about how he was curing cancer, he was testifying about all the things that were also causing cancer, and that was the food industry. The the energy industry, big oil, all the toxicity, you know, from agricultural chemicals, all the chemicals we put on and in our bodies. I mean, all these things Gerson was exposing and who are who are funding the campaigns of all these big politicians, Mm -hmm. big oil, big, you know, big oil, the pharmaceutical industry, the meat and dairy industry. These are the three biggest industries in our country feeding our politicians and Gerson speaking out against them all. From that day on, he became a marked man. And so this is the reason why you haven't heard of it. It has literally been censored for the last 76 years since Dr. Gerson testified. Mm -hmm. There have been a handful of times where you would have heard about it in the international press, but it was stifled. Prince Charles is one of our greatest advocates, believe it or not. And he spoke about it on an international stage one time, and they shut him up immediately. You know, Sting, is, Sting and his wife are major advocates for the Gerson therapy. You know, th- so they're out there and they've spoken about it, but you don't hear about it because it's suppressed by the media. How? Well, every time you turn on your TV, read your newspapers, listen to your radio, what are you bombarded with all day long? Drug ad? Drug ad, drug ad. They spend hundreds of billions of dollars a year to advertise their pharmaceutical drugs. If you are an editor of any major media outlet, your sole fiscal responsibility is to promote the financial interests of your organization. It has nothing to do with giving you or I the truth. And so this is the reality. These people are bought and sold by big money, and that's why it's so hard for people to get this information and even if they did now, they're so brainwashed and programmed by the pharmaceutical industry that they can hardly believe that this is true.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, I had a feeling you were going to go there, but not that deep. And and thank you for sharing that. And mm. it's a shame, it really is. And it's uh, it's a shame that an American more, American born has to go outside of the United States and do his business or her business to get the results and do the thing that they love, and know that they, and know that works. Um, and it's a shame that that's what goes on here. It's wicked.
1: I mean, yeah. there's no other word for it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so tell us about the um, the type of program that you go. So let's just say, you know, I, I'm admitted into your program. First of all, do you have to be in, like, could I just sign up and pay and join or is there or not join, but participate? Um, or is there a uh, review
1: process that you have to go through? Yeah, look, the parameters by which we can accept the patient are simple. You need to be able to eat, you need, need to be able to drink and you need to be able to eliminate without any major hindrances. And I guess that would also mean be ambulatory. You mm-hmm. know, so if you came in in a wheelchair or a stretcher, we're not going to be able to help you more than likely, yeah. okay? So you have to be able to eat, drink, eliminate, and essentially move around ambulatory. Those, three, those four parameters are, you know, what constitutes us either accepting or denying people. And I deny people all the time because uh, I, we can't help them if they can't meet those criteria. The way you heal the human body is through the consumption of massive amounts of food. The Gerson therapy, you're getting 20 pounds of organic fruits and vegetables every single day. Mm. And so you have to be, and and, and nothing short of that is going to heal an advanced cancer. You may be able to get away on 15 pounds of vegetables if you have like a stage two, right? But to heal an advanced cancer is two years of 20 pounds of organic fruits and vegetables, Every single day, mostly in the form of juices, but there are three meals where you have to be able to eat as well. So that's the parameters by which we accept someone into our clinic.
0: That's a that seems like a lot, um, you know, for anybody. As you were saying, that twenty pounds, I'm like my stomach was 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 tightening up. <laughs> uh, the only reason why is like I don't know if I can consume that much, and that might be somebody's thought. Is it possible like that? Somebody just doesn't have that kind of appetite, what if they don't have the appetite. Do you? work up to that and, and build into it?
1: Perhaps? Well, so most of it's juice, right? So okay. it, you're not eating 20 pounds, you mm-hmm. might be eating three to four pounds a day, you know, in, okay. in gen, your general meals. And that's what an average human being, you, you know, would eat. But a lot of okay. patients come in here and then they can't handle all of that. So we have to put them on a modified protocol. So instead of 13 juices a day, they're getting 10 juices a day. Instead of five coffee enemas a day, they're getting three coffee enemas a day you know, so, and their supplement protocol as well. We may have to, you know, decrease the amount of supplements they're on in, in any given day compared to the, the full, you know, intensive protocol. So, okay. um, you and I, and, and anyone who's healthy will have no problem consuming 20 pounds of organic fruits and vegetables, mostly in the form of juices.
0: Now, what, uh, I've heard conflicting, uh, uh, opinion about not necessarily cancer, but, starving yourself like the fasting you know the fasting mimicking diet is is huge right now and um that your body actually does more repair and um kind of cleaning itself up when you are in what you call like starvation mode over time yeah what would you you're saying the opposite you want to?
1: beyond a shadow of a doubt it's the opposite dr gerson was adamant against fasting why Because every single cancer patient or any disease patient coming into this clinic is severely depleted. Mm -hmm. They've been severely depleted over decades of poor nutrition, cookies, cake, ice cream, milk, cheese, you know, uh, bagels, cupcakes, you know, pasta, all the crap that we've eaten that's been so depleted in nutrition is ultimately what contributes to the breakdown of the immune system. Hmm. That's why you need 20 pounds of organic fruits and vegetables every single day to restore the immune system and all the other organic systems tied to that. Hmm. Gerson was adamant against fasting because when you fast, you stimulate metabolic processes that require nutrients in order to function. So if you're already depleted and you go into a fasting mode, you're gonna deplete your body even more. The secret to healing advanced disease is bombarding the body with nutrition because you are so depleted when you get to that point. Mm -hmm. Fasting is not a safe and logical option when you are dying of an advanced disease. I mean, if you, look, fasting is extremely healthy if you're a healthy person, Mm -hmm. but if you're dealing with advanced disease, it is like the antithesis of what you should be doing in order to heal.
0: And it's and it's interesting, you know, when you go to hospitals, and thank you for clarifying that. When you go to hospitals and you, let's say you get chemotherapy or you're in there for treatments or whatever, they're giving you jello and they're, <laughs> giving, they're giving you pudding or, uh, you know, some just terrible low grade food that you wouldn't even feed your dog. Um, that's frightening. Uh, yeah, that's crazy that they tell you to have or when you're in a hospital and you spend the night and like I have unfortunately in a very long time, but food is terrible. And I know that that's a big concern. It's like here you're trying to promote health, and like this is something that is actually causing it. They're giving that's you right. sugar, they're giving you milk, they're giving you juices. It's terrible.
1: That's right. So uh-huh. fasting, fasting's just it's just not a viable option if you have an advanced disease. It's yeah. it, it's a horrible idea
0: makes make sense. Um, so tell us about the, uh, I, I did a little, I did a little, like peek into uh, your YouTube site, and I saw this uh, coffee enema, and you were, you know, creating and making this coffee enema. Uh, tell us about this. Um, did you come up with this or is it Dr. Gerson's uh, therapy as well? And how, and like, how does this work? Is it like, I didn't go through the whole process. Is it, do you orally
1: take it or is it? Uh, <laughs> well, then it wouldn't be called an enema. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, true, that is true. That's, yeah. that's true. Anyway, Gerson made the coffee enema famous. You hear coffee enema, it's synonymous with Gerson. The way he came up with the idea was he was a German medical doctor. He was a surgeon back at, at the time of World War I. Hmm. Well, back in World War I, German medical units were surrounded by allied forces and they couldn't get supplies in, particularly pain medications. So they had all these German soldiers sitting on cots after surgeries in the medical units you know, at war, and they're screaming out in pain with no pain medications. Well, the nurses decided to give them Enemas with the coffee that the surgeons would drink throughout the night while they're doing surgeries and their pain completely disappeared. Mm. And so Gerson integrated coffee enemas into his therapy. When he started his therapy originally on cancer patients, he lost like the first three or four patients because he wasn't detoxifying them. When you give them these massive amounts of nutrients and the supplements, not only are you detoxing the body, but you're actually generating more toxicities. You break down disease tissue, you break down the tumors, you know, you start to restore organs, rebuild organs. There's all toxic byproducts tied to that. Not to mention that the tumor itself has toxic byproducts. That's making the body even more toxic, right? Gerson had to, had to find something that would start to detoxify the massive amounts of toxicity in a cancer patient's body, and that the therapy was generating through the healing process. There is nothing better than a coffee enema. The coffee enema, by far, is the most potent way to detoxify the human body. And it's scientific. This isn't voodoo medicine. Let me explain it really quickly because it's really simple. Your liver, it produces an enzyme called glutathione transferase. Glutathione transferase is one of the most potent detoxifying enzymes in the human body. It takes toxins, it binds them, and it gets rid of them through the intestines and the kidneys. Well, your liver requires palmitic acid in order to make glutathione transferase. Properly roasted organic coffee from very special beans that aren't your drinking aromatic beans is loaded with palmitic acid. And it's been demonstrated that when you do one coffee enema, come in. Thank you. When you are you getting ready juice, to do yours? <laughs> two o'clock green juice.
0: Nice. Awesome.
1: When you do one coffee enema, the production of glutathione transferase by the body goes up six to 700% greater than normal. That's scientific. That's been a study that was done by Peter Lechner. You can Google it. Six to 700% greater than normal. Our patients are getting five per day. Five per day. Mm-hmm. There is not a more potent way to detoxify the human body than a coffee enema. Well, people say, well, if you take it rectally, how does it get to the liver and how does the liver do that? Well, when you take it rectally, what's sitting right there, the hemorrhoidal veins, right? Well, the hemorrhoidal veins absorb the coffee and they carry it to the portal vein. Well, where does the portal vein end? It ends in the liver. So it goes straight from the rectum to the liver immediately. That's like when, you know, you've heard of this probably before. If you drink a bottle of alcohol, you're going to get really drunk. A bottle of Mm -hmm. vodka, you're going to get really drunk. Well, if you took a bottle of vodka rectally and people have, believe it or not, they're dead in 30 minutes Mm because their liver just goes into complete coma and they die. And so that's what happens when you take something rectally, it goes straight to the liver. You drink coffee, its effects on the adrenal glands make it extremely toxic. And not only that, when you drink it, it goes through the digestive process and those palmitic acid salts get burned up in digestion rather than going straight to the liver uncompromised. And again, the type of bean, the roast, it's completely different. So we could not cure these diseases without the coffee enema. It is that integral and vital to the Gerson therapy.
0: That's awesome. I'm, uh, I'm, I want to say dare to say I'm excited about that. I want to try it. <laughs> and I'm sure anybody healthy could do it as well. I mean, it probably doesn't necessarily, you don't have to be with the disease to do it. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, what I've been doing one a day since I met Charlotte Gerson 25 years ago, 26 years ago, I've literally been doing one or more a day, you know, depending on how many juices I'm doing, like when I'm at the clinic. Right. Mm-hmm. So look, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And yeah. people say, well, you know, doing one a day, I mean, isn't that a little bit extreme? I mean, come on. You know, if I was living in 1900 or 1700 and I wasn't exposed to the massive amounts of toxicity that I'm being exposed to today that I can't even see on a daily basis, yeah, I, you know, I'd be be—I'd be a weirdo for being doing an enema every single day. But we live in an extreme environment. And so to do extreme measures to maintain health is what's required today. And so I'm just blessed and, and grateful that I have something like the Gerson Therapy to be able to do that
0: for me. Drinking coffee, um, I've been a, 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 an advocate for people to not drink as much coffee. People are addicted to coffee. Um, you said in that last kind of statement back there, you said coffee is toxic uh, by drinking it orally. Um, yeah. is, that a, is, is that something you can confirm that some? You well,
1: said- we know that it produces adrenaline, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, you drink coffee, the effects it has on the adrenal glands, one drop of pure adrenaline, it's my understanding, could kill a horse. Mm-hmm. You know? So when, you, when you're drinking coffee, it's affecting the adrenal system. It's producing cortisol, right? Mm-hmm. And cortisol can go down estrogen pathways, which we know estrogen causes the overgrowth of, can- of, t- of tissue and ultimately can lead to cancer or endometriosis. I mean, the classic demographic of an endometriosis patient, which is essentially scarring of the uterus, is a young, successful, overworked, overstressed female who drinks coffee all day, you know, because of the cortisol production, causing the overgrowth or the overproduction of estrogen, ultimately, leading to endometriosis. So, coffee, I mean, a half a cup of organic coffee every day is not going to kill you, you know, but coffee, drinking it over time, we know the way they roast the drinking coffees causes a buildup of, I believe, like acrylics or something, right? Mm -hmm. So this has been confirmed. This is no mystery. But not only that, it's like you said, people are drinking so much coffee today. So what's happening? You're artificially stimulating metabolism, like Mm -hmm. fasting, which requires massive amounts of nutrients. But what are they drinking their coffee with? A, a cupcake Green or a donut or a cookie, or, yeah, right? Yeah. Rather than bombarding their body with the nutrition that they need to support the meta- the metabolism that they're stimulating, right? right? Drinking too much coffee. No, it's, it definitely is not healthy. And the science out there to promote that, you know, is quite simple.
0: Great. Thanks for clarifying that. Now drinking juices. I've heard the opposite of juices as well. Um, as you drink yours and I love juices as well. I was Probably one of the first people to jump on board drinking juices that were from organic, whole, green, leafy vegetables um, probably 12, 13 years ago before juicing became a kind of a fad, if you will. Every juice, every, every corner in the, you know, Los Angeles major metropolitan areas have juice places on them. And then you have these other big chain ones like um, Robux and uh whatever juice masters where they're basically just pumping partially of the juice and a lot of its other sugar and fruits to make it tasty. So tell us about the juicing and the benefits of that, or some of the negatives. If you were to do mostly like fruit juices, like let's say you were juicing oranges and you took eight oranges you know, the, the kind of the, the, the theory there from what I hear is that it would take, you get sick before you got to eat eight oranges and you lose all that pulp and you lose all the fiber. Um, give us an idea more about the juicing and kind of the benefits, the pros, and some of the cons, if there are any.
1: Yeah. There's not many cons, right. Um, in regards to the pulp, well, that would be true, right? I mean, of course you need the fiber in your diet Well, our patients are getting that right. They're getting three meals a day. They're getting tons of fiber on this therapy, but they're getting 17 pounds of juices every single day. And the juices, the reason why Gerson, you know, really did the juicing was because a cancer patient can't handle 17, nobody can, 17 pounds of fruits and vegetables with the fiber every single day. You simply couldn't do it. The gut isn't designed to eat that much. But unfortunately, a sick body needs that amount of nutrients in order to heal and survive. And so the juicing requires virtually no energy in order to be absorbed and properly utilized by the body. It enters the bloodstream almost as quickly as alcohol does. Whereas if you had to eat 17 to 20 pounds of fruits and vegetables, what would happen? You'd you'd probably blow up your gut right? Because fi- you couldn't handle the fiber. And when you consider that 70% of your immune system is in your gut, any cancer patient or a disease patient coming to this clinic, what's the most sick in their body? Their gut. Mm-hmm. And so, their gut can't handle raw organic nutrition with the pulp, and Gerson understood that. And so, that's why juicing became such the favorable option for Gerson and proved over now 120 years that that is the most favorable option for any disease patient is massive amounts of juicing. Now, you get the keto crew, the keto crew telling you that, oh, you can't eat fruits and vegetables when you have cancer because the sugar will feed the cancer. That is the biggest tragedy and lie out there and nutritional theory out there today, completely false. If sugar-fed cancer The Gerson therapy would lead people straight to their graves quicker than they're going to go there naturally because they're getting 3,500 to 4,000 calories a day in the form of sugars from fruits and vegetables. So how is it that sugars feed cancer? On the contrary, sugars heal cancer. That's why eight movies have chronicled our work. No other therapy can remotely boast but one. Eight Mm -hmm. movies have chronicled our work and its ability. Reverse advanced cancer sugars heal cancer, and if you allow me, let me explain that, okay? Please. Because this is where the ketogenic people get it wrong, and it's based on this principle. I mentioned oxygenation and Otto Warburg winning the Nobel Prize in 1931 on the body's ability to oxygenate cells. Right? How does the human body create energy? It creates energy in the mitochondria inside your cells, you have little things called mitochondria, they take sugar. And only in the presence of oxygen can they convert it into energy. If oxygen cannot get into the cell, okay, then it will go down a fermentative pathway. That's how you make alcohol, right? That's how you make yogurt. You cut off the oxygen and you cause fermentation. Well, if oxygen can't get into the cells, then you can't convert that sugar into energy. Now, when we're talking about alkalinity and acidity, right, how many times have you heard an alkaline diet promotes health, right? An acidic diet promotes disease, right? Yeah. How many times have we heard that? Those terms are constantly thrown around. But what are we talking about? It's never been really explained. What does that mean? And what are the health implications behind that? When we're talking about alkalinity and acidity, what are we talking about? We're talking about pH, right? That's what we're talking about, the pH of the body. Well, what is pH? pH is potential hydrogen. Potential hydrogen. What's the significance of that? Here's the significance. And this is when I told you, I learned all this in biochemistry 101 in school. Around your cell, you have a cell membrane, right? That cell membrane is the gatekeeper. It determines what can go in, what can't go in, what can go out, what can't go out. That's all determined at the level of the cell membrane. But what are your cell membranes made up of? They're made up of fats. That's what they're made up of. They're phospholipids made up of fats. What kind of fats? Whatever fats you're feeding it, whatever fats you're feeding your body, the body's naturally going to use to maintain your cell membrane. Well, what kind of fats is everyone eating today? Cookies, cake, ice cream, cheese, meat, dairy, right? All of that stuff. Partially hydrogenated oils, right? You're reading a label on an ingredient label. And what do you see? Partially hydrogenated oils. Companies have learned they can bubble hydrogen into their products and they can stabilize them and store them on the shelf till Christ returns. So all these things that we're eating today are loaded with saturated fats. Now, we need to define what's a saturated fat. Fats are long carbon chains, and they're defined based on their saturation with hydrogen. Okay? So, they're defined based on their saturation with hydrogen. When you have a saturated fat, all those carbon chains are bound with hydrogen. They have hydrogen bonded to it. And so, if that's going up to make your cell membrane, what happens? As oxygen approaches a cell, if that cell membrane is made up of saturated fats, the charge at the level of the cell membrane cannot accept it. It literally gets repelled away. And so if you can't get oxygen into the cell, you can't convert sugar into energy. And this is the crux of the matter. This was Otto Warburg's work. If you have a cell membrane, again, made up of saturated fats, saturated with hydrogen, pH, potential hydrogen, acidity is the buildup of hydrogen in the system. You cannot properly oxygenate cells. Mm -hmm. That is the crux of the matter. That's the secret to health. That's the secret to curing disease. That is the foundations of life, energy production at the level of the cell and the cell membrane. So by definition, acidity is the buildup of hydrogen in the body. A better definition of acidity is the improper utilization of oxygen By the body. Mm. You can't get it into the cells, cannot convert your food into energy. It gets broken down then into lactic acid, and that is what ultimately feeds disease and cancer. And so the only way to restore proper oxygenation to the body is through alkalinizing the diet. Fruit and vegetable sugars, which come with what are called hydroxyl ions, Now, this is really fascinating and plays upon this whole acidity issue. How do you take an acidic body loaded with hydrogen and restore it to an alkaline state so that oxygen can start pouring into the cells again? When you drink this juice, it gets broken down into potassium hydroxide. Now, when you write a hydroxyl hydroxyl molecule chemically, it's OH negative. So when you drink this, You're flooding the body with OH-negative ions. What's in the body that you need to neutralize? Toxic, acidic, positively charged hydrogen ions. So all of a sudden, the hydroxyl ions are pouring in and they start to react with the acidic hydrogen ions. What do you get? OH-negative, H-positive, two H's and an O, H2O. Neutral charge, all of a sudden, you start to alkalinize the body oxygen starts pouring into the cells, you now can convert these sugars into energy. Where the ketogenic people have it correct is sugar in an acidic body would feed disease because you can't convert that sugar into energy because you can't get oxygen into the mm-hmm. cell. Sugar, the sugar, yeah. sugar in an alkaline body feeds the health of the human body. And that is why the Gerson therapy Over a hundred years has literally cured tens of thousands of people drinking thirty-five hundred to four thousand calories of sugar a day, and that is the crux of the matter. And this is where the ketogenic people have it wrong. You got the biggest names in our industry: Ty Bollinger, Joe Mercola, Josh Axe. They're all promoting keto, and they have millions upon millions of followers who are like, "I'm going keto." Because I don't want to feed my cancer with sugar, they're leading people straight to their graves. At the end, at the end of a decade of this keto fad for cancer treatment, there will be absolutely no clinical evidence that has any ability to reverse advanced terminal cancer because it is the antithesis of the Gerson therapy. And there is not ten ways to skin a cat when it comes to terminal cancer.
0: Amazing! I'm. Uh, I, I I felt like I was just in a brief lecture there. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I was. It was. It was awesome. I was. I learned a lot there. I, I didn't know that, um, you know, and that was something really profound. So thank mm. you for sharing that. I appreciate mm. that.
1: Yeah, that's Doctor Gerson. That's not me. You
0: know. Yeah, but you were able to 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 regurgitate it in, in a way that made it very palatable today. So and I it's, think simple. it's really important. Yeah, it's simple, but it's really important. And I do, you know, this whole ketogenic diet and everything that's going on, and everybody talks about alkalinity and 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 uh, acidity, and nobody really knows and. People are only taking pieces of it. That's Uh, right. You know, there's right there. I mean, if you just listen to that and you didn't really digest it, go back and listen to it again, hit the replay, listen to it as many times as you need to to really understand that. Cause I think it's very important to understand that.
1: Absolutely. That, that is the crux of the matter that two minutes right there is the secret to everything and our ability to reverse advanced terminal disease. Simple. Amazing.
0: And it's not just cancer. And it's, it's like any kind of disease. If you have colds, like it's, it's, it's the ability to just stay as healthy and well as you can, as you're able. I mean, at any, even if you're healthy, this is great stuff to have. What do you do when the, when the cancer is gone? Um, are the people still eating 20 or drinking 20 pounds no. of, of fruit and juices a day? What's the, what's the transition outside of the clinic?
1: Yeah. So that's a great question. You know, this is a two-year therapy. Tumors go away typically after the first year. You stop the therapy when the tumors are gone, cancer is coming back, guaranteed. You have to do this for two years to rebuild all the organic systems that were destroyed over five decades, four or five, six decades of horrible living, right? You know, so once you're cured after the two years, you know, you're going to maintain some of the, well, all the principles really of the therapy. You know, there's a lot of principles, no salt uh, or virtually no salt on the therapy. There's no salt. And we didn't even get into that and how that relates to destroying the internal metabolism of the cell, Mm -hmm. but there's no sodium on the Gerson diet. Um, you know, there's no animal products on the Gerson diet other than some yogurt, you know, starting six weeks into the therapy, you know, but when you, is it it from, from cow's milk or? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is actually Gerson, you know, Gerson, Uh, on the back of really Johanna Budwig's work, the Budwig protocol, um, integrated the cottage cheese and flax oil and the yogurt uh, that, you know, Johanna Budwig did for the Budwig protocol. And it is, it's, you know, it's uh, non-fat organic, um, you know, cow's milk yogurt. And it has to be non-fat. If it's low fat or whole milk, our patients literally will not survive Hmm. because the tumors will feed on that fat. They're, 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 hormonal monsters and they, they thrive on fat, believe it or not. So when you finish the therapy at two years, you're going to follow the basic tenets of the Gerson therapy, but Gerson even said, look, just follow a simple 80, 20 rule. You know, you're going to live 80% of these rules, but the other 20% percent go and enjoy yourself. Go have a beer, go have wine, go have a steak, go have a steak, you know, you're healed. But, you know, you're not going to go back and, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You're not going to go back, you know, and do the things that led to you getting cancer in the first place. But you're going to live a logical, enjoyable life of 80-20. And, and that's what I do. You know, like, I'm not a vegetarian. Uh, you know, I love a burger. I love a steak. Uh, but I do that, like, you know, maybe two dozen times a year max. You know, I don't really do that that often. And so, you know, that's, that's really the crux of the matter. Once you're, you're, you're healed.
0: I, uh, I'm a big fan of the eighty twenty rule. I used to not be, I used to be like a 99 militant. Yeah. Me yeah. Too. I was, I was, I was crazy in a, in a, in a sense where, and, and, and I don't, I take that back. I wasn't crazy. I just was super fanatical. I was really into nutrition, very into feeling great and, and so on and so forth. I isolated myself at times in my life where, you know, friends would call me Buddhist Steve and I was, uh, but I, I, I was on a high, I was going towards something and I was working towards something just personally and, and energetically and physically and emotionally. And, uh, when I met my wife, um, now of eight years, um, she's more of an 80 20 rule and i had to make sacrifices and i found that the love for her and the wanting to be connected and having a life partner and um you know feeling that connection with her it made me kind of take a step back and saw that like you you know they say in relationship you and even relationship yourself you have to make certain sacrifices or you have to give a little bit the 80 20 rule is is a great way of being and there's nothing wrong with it like and you're right like our bodies are resistant and resilient so they will bounce back I mean, if I have a burger instead of getting, you know, a, a hamburger from McDonald's, I'm going to go to a place and spend you grass know, $12 somewhere. or $15 on a really like good meat quality meat. Like yeah. at home, if I make a burger, I'm going to have rather than pork and beef, I'm going to go lamb and beef and mix it together, you know, there so you it's, where it's coming from, like, it's the quality of it as well. It's not necessarily just a black and white, It's where you got to, you know, where it's sourced from as well. So just wanted to bring that up to share, um, you know, because a lot of people here that are listening are into nutrition and into that lifestyle approach. And, you know, people would look at me or you and they'd say, oh, you guys are just like, you know, you're freaks, you're like you're, you're you're too into this, it's too focused, you're too into exercise, you're too into yeah, nutrition. Yeah, it's not, or, certainly
1: not true in my case. No,
0: like, definitely not. We like, I live life at balance. There people will be like, well, how many days a week do you work out? You know, I still had a six pack and you know, somebody would even argue an eight pack at 48 years old and it's all natural. Never taking any drugs. Like I just nutrition, good quality sleep. Well, quality sleep hasn't been so good in yeah. the past four months since yeah. I've had uh, my wife and I have had a baby, but um, but it's still, you know, as best as I can do at this point in life. So um, you know, with this said, you know, as though, this conversation had a lot to do, and the Gerson therapy has a lot to do with cancer. I do believe that this is also a approach to a healthy way of living, maybe not as extreme. And can you talk about that? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, some, you know, again, I say cancer is one or two degrees away from almost all of us. Um, talk about this in a more healthy lifestyle for someone who is healthy and may not have disease or anybody they know that might need this kind of therapy. That's extreme.
1: Yeah, that's you know, that's a great question. Look, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? And this isn't just a therapy for curing disease. It literally is a lifestyle. And it's based on very scientific specific principles that the greatest genius in medical history, you know, left behind in 1959 when he died. And so, you know, look, honestly, everybody today should be doing a coffee enema every single morning. I'd be doing a coffee enema every single morning. We get our coffee from a company called Cafe Ma'am in Oregon. Actually, the company's called Royal Blue Organics, and they produce a coffee called Cafe Ma'am. And you'd call and get the Gerson therapy roast there. That's where mm-hmm. we get our coffee from. It is specifically made for enemas, it's not made for drinking. I'd be doing one of those every single day for mm-hmm. the rest of your life. And I'm telling you, you do them for a week, you'll never stop. That's a promise. And how, do, Everybody you, like, how do you
0: learn to do it? I mean, you give yourself an enema. It's an easy thing. It's, it's
1: yeah, it's so self-applied. I actually okay. have an enema video. And that's another thing. So for your listeners, if you go to our website, gersonclinic.com, and you go to the gifts section, click on the gift section and put in in all lowercase, the password podcast. Just put that in an all lowercase. And you'll see all of my videos pop up, my interviews, my lectures, you know, my little blips on the coffee enema. The coffee enema has gotten like almost, I think i half a million views at this point, but I go through on how to prepare it, you know, how to do it. And it's really simple. It's self-applied. Awesome. Um, and if anybody has any questions, you know, they can always ask me and I'm, I'm be more than happy to answer them, but they're pretty, pretty easy to self-apply. So you want to do coffee enemas. Um, we didn't get into salt. Uh, that's a major contributor of disease today. And that means good salt. Uh, there really is no such thing as good salt, believe it or not. There's such Himalayan
0: as- sea salt, pink salt, doesn't matter.
1: Better salt. That's better salt. It's not good salt. And I wish we had more time to go into it because I would. It's really important. If believe you want, it or not. I've
0: got time. If you have, I, I, it's up to you. Quickly then
1: I can definitely, okay. yeah, go for it. you definitely want to know about this because it's not being talked about. Look, what did we talk about the secret of the Gerson therapy is creating energy on a cellular level, right? We have to restore the cell membrane, which I mentioned by restoring the proper fats. So there's a lot of flax oil on our diet because that's a polyunsaturated fat. It was the only fat that Gerson found did not cause tumors to grow. So that restores the charge so that you can get oxygen into the cell. Now, once oxygen's into the cell, the mitochondria can take sugar and convert it into energy. And it's the mitochondria where the secret to healing disease is because they are the little organelles that produce energy. Well, today we eat so much salt and two things are happening. First, salt is causing salt and water to swell up the cells. Today, we're all walking around with 10 to 15 pounds of salt and water weight that cannot get out of the cells unless you're bombarding the body with potassium. Because you can't get trapped sodium and water out unless you're consuming massive amounts of potassium. That's a law in the human body. So here's what's going on today. Mitochondria, instead of being in this environment, are in this environment. They can't function efficiently in that state. And that's one of the problems with consuming so much sodium chloride today. Now, table salt, right? is 99.9% sodium chloride. Celtic salt, Himalayan salt, red man salt, whatever salt, dead sea salt, it's all seventy. no, excuse me, 85 to 86% sodium chloride. Now, that just mentioned what's happening inside the cell. What organ is specifically responsible for making, reproducing Mitochondria, your thyroid gland. Your thyroid gland is specifically responsible for making mitochondria, those little things you need to convert food into energy. So what's the thyroid gland dependent on? It's dependent on iodine, right? Your thyroid gland needs iodine. Well, that chloride molecule in sodium chloride, it displaces iodine. From the thyroid gland. That's what it does. That's why when they first came out with table salt and it wasn't iodized, people started getting goiter. They started walking around looking like turkeys. So what did they do? They iodized it. They iodized it just enough so you don't walk around looking like a turkey. Mm -hmm. But now that's 99.9% sodium chloride. It's the chloride molecule that was causing that. Well, like I said, all these other salts... They're 87, 86, 87% sodium chloride. There's a reason why the Dead Sea is dead. It can't support biological life for that very fact. Only one type of bacteria, it's my understanding, can survive in that sodium chloride environment. And so what's happening is even the consumption of those salts, because we're being taught those salts are healthy, Himalayan, Celtic, that they're healthy. They're not healthy. They're better than table salt because they may even actually have a little iodine in it if you're lucky. Right. And so but the point is, it's still displacing iodine from the thyroid gland. And so this is causing massive metabolic issues because you can't reproduce the mitochondria you need to have in your cells to convert food into energy. It's as simple as that. So You know, in terms of a a maintenance diet, you have to cut out a majority of the sodium of any form. You're going to get the sodium you need out of fruits and vegetables. The ratios are perfect. We're potassium animals. We're not sodium animals. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have it reversed today. People aren't getting fruits and vegetables enough to meet their potassium requirements. They're getting too much sodium and going way beyond their sodium requirements. You only need 230 milligrams of sodium a day. That's your body's obligatory loss of sodium. That's less than a quarter of a teaspoon. Hmm. And if you're eating a proper amount of fruits and vegetables, trust me, you're going to get more than enough. Celery, for example, is loaded with sodium, right? That's why we never juice celery. We've got to get sodium out of the body. We can't be introducing it into the body. And sodium's the highest form, or excuse me, celery is the highest form of sodium you can get out of any vegetable. You know, so it's in your fruits and vegetables, not a problem. We're consuming too much sodium. So no sodium, really no to low sodium diet. Um, obviously, we already talked about it, animal products. If you're going to eat animal products, you need to do it so minimally. Like I said, I do it about two dozen times a year max, right? And that would include eggs, you know, eggs. There's, a, there's an anecdotal case history of Dr. Gerson's, a very famous one. There's a Pulitzer Prize-winning book called Death, Be Not Proud, written by John Gunther, one of America's most famous journalists in history. His son came down with terminal cancer. Gerson cured him after one year. Hmm. The parents took him off the therapy because he was some active high school kid on his way to Harvard, was a lacrosse star, active in social things, pres- class president, stuff like that, took him off the therapy after the tumor was gone. Tumor comes back. Now the medical doctors are involved. Now Dr. Gerson's back involved. And there was a battle that ensued. The medical doctors wanted to give the boy artificial steroids because they know once you give artificial steroids to a brain cancer patient, the brain tumor goes down for about three months until it stops working. And then the brain tumor grows out of control and you're dead within another three months, typically. Okay. Gerson knew this. He was adamant that they do not give him the artificial steroids And so he had to come to a compromise with them because they wouldn't budge. But he ended up coming to a compromise and he knew he didn't want to do it, but it was his only option. He said, instead of giving the body artificial steroids, let's give him egg yolk, egg yolk. Why? How does your body produce all your natural hormones, particularly your anti-inflammatory hormones, cholesterol? All your hormones, testosterone, progesterone, Estrogen, your anti inflammatory steroids, they're all made from cholesterol. So Gerson surmised that, okay, well, let's at least give them something natural and let the body produce its own anti inflammatories. So they agreed. So they gave this poor boy egg yolk, better than the artificial steroids, obviously. Tumors grew out of control. Why? The fat. The tumors love the fat. So you have got to maintain low sodium or no sodium, low fat, minimal fat diet, right? Hmm. You do not need saturated fat for optimal healing. Do you know why? Because saturated fats can be produced by the body. You don't need them. Your body can make them. You've heard of essential fatty acids, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you know what essential means by definition? Your body produces it. No, your body has to get it from diet. Oh, your body has to get it from, so it's the opposite. Right, and saturated fats are never classified as essential fatty acids. Mm -hmm. Those are your polyunsaturated fats that those are classified as, essential fatty acids. Why aren't saturated fats? Because your body can make them. So Mm -hmm. you don't need a high saturated fat diet or a low saturated fat diet to live an optimal life, healthy life. And so low salt, low or no saturated fat, and you know, tons of fruits and vegetables. It's that simple. And you have to detoxify your body in this environment today, especially with the garbage they're putting up in the sky. You know, the the chemtrails and you know the EMF radiation today. We are a cesspool of toxicity and disease. And so these basic Gerson therapy principles of coffee enema, low sodium, very minimal animal meat, no you know little to no eggs. You know, these are things that every person should be applying on a daily basis.
0: Awesome. Great stuff. Well, I mean, I could sit here and talk forever. And I actually, I want to invite myself down there at some point when I come down to come and check it out and, and see if you just happen to have the opportunity to show me around. I'd love to see it for myself.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's, I mean, you're, you're in Costa Mesa, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: That's, that's what an hour, hour and a half. Hour and a half away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, feel free anytime you want to come down, you just let me know, come down for a long weekend with your wife and your child and we'll stick you in a room if there's one available, you know, for a long weekend. That's, that's my open invitation. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah.
0: Well, this has been an outstanding episode, lots of great information. You are clearly very passionate and I can tell the passion doesn't just come from your just knowledge, and but your 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 ability to see the results, and mm-hmm. I know that from you know my personal experience as well. Like that's what makes you get up in the morning and do what you do and be as passionate as you are because the results are there, and to see somebody walk in the state that they're in and walk out the state that you know that you know the life that they're willing that they're able to that they
1: deserve to live is extraordinary. There's no better feeling. That's right. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do this if I'm not seen it firsthand.
0: Yeah. Outstanding. Awesome. Well, keep up the great work. I'm going to take you up on your invitation. And again, thank you everybody for listening. This has been an outstanding episode here with Dr. Vickers. All in the show notes, you'll have the website, the Instagram, the YouTube, LinkedIn, and other social media, Facebook as well. Please let me know if you have any questions, Leave leave any kind of notes, comments, and please leave reviews. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay healthy and well.